Hey guys, Darren Watts here. Uh, before we get into this podcast, I just want to throw a disclaimer out there for everybody that's listening. Firstly, I appreciate everybody taking the time to listen to me. But if anybody is listening to this podcast for the sake of advice, well, for the sake of actually trying to solicit advice from a professional, professional, then I'm not your guy. I would recommend that you listen to another podcast that has just that, a professional mental health personnel, psychologist, and all of them. But if you're listening to me just to hear my story, hear other people's story, and just solicited uh, some knowledge or some educational stuff from what I read, then this is the podcast for you to listen to. But other than that, thank you for listening, and enjoy this podcast. The weight of oppression about racism and mental health. Uh, John Rush, uh, a artist, a rapper, um, details the story of just that racism and mental health. And it's like this. My track on the compilation Music in Support of Black Mental Health is called Divine. It has a peaceful tone. You can breathe to it. I made it for my late uncle, and it makes me think about how, when I leave this world, I want to leave in a peaceful manner. But at this point, I'm not sure that's realistic. Why did it take George Floyd's murder to impossibly the outpouring of empathy? The biggest race issue of my lifetime is not people burning crosses, it's covert racism. The most destructive form of racism and oppression is kept quiet. People don't tell their kids how to comfort, how to confront it, and it can be difficult to prove sometimes. Some of the reasons I've been hearing, oh, I grew up in a small town, I was sheltered, I don't see color, are just excuses. Oh. How do you know that's what they meant? If she didn't call you a slur, then how do you know? It's been gotten away with for so long, and the reasons why are just the excuses of spoiled, entitled people. I'm pretty introverted. I spend my days at work or doing music and getting more greens into my diet. I live a simple life. On that front, I'm good. But I don't like what I'm seeing. I don't like waking up to news stories of black people get, being lynched and having the police call call it suicide. I don't like videos of white people pointing guns at black people peacefully protesting. Honestly, I think that racist has been waiting a long time for this. They have been patiently waiting for an upri- uprising to invoke an excuse to massively murder blacks without consequence. The people have been waiting for the right time to shoot a black person and say, Oh, I was scared afterwards. That's what bothers me. Inwardly, I don't know how much longer I'm going to live as a black person in America. But outwardly, am I scared? No, I'm a fighter. It's hard to tell if white people really have empathy about what's going on. It's uncomfortable for white people to sit in their shit and get clowned for it. 
I feel the empathy is more like them trying to purchase our sympathy and conscience so that life could get back to normal. It's hard for black men and women to get anywhere, and it's hard not to be cynical. You have white friends that say, damn, I said I was sorry. We're not racist. You misunderstood me. People get frustrated and impatient, but that's what oppression is. If, you, if you've never been in a situation where you don't have power or have never dealt with consequences of not having power, it's hard to convince you to be patient with your patience, historically has always paid off. If you're black, your patience has almost never paid off. And when you get impatient, people go. Well, you don't want, well, what do you want from us now? And is it usually coming with consequences down the line? White people get the opportunities based on their potential. When black people want opportunities, they're asked, well, what have you done up until now to deserve this opportunity? People say that if you work hard, you'll earn things. Black people work hard as hell, and they don't earn shit. It's time for white people to stop being fragile. It's time for them to sit in their own truth and say, we fucked up. Black people has taken racism from hundreds of years, and white people can't take too much of the truth. Things are going to get scary and ugly, but they have to for the world to change. That's John Rush, John Rush's story on I believe this is a female. I don't believe it's a female on how she's feeling. If I got it wrong, I'm so sorry about it. But this is how she's feeling so far upon um, black people and oppression, racism. And how it's affecting the mental health and how scary it is. And basically putting like, hey, I don't know how much time I'm going to have left. This is, this is for reasoning when we're just living. Not off white people trying to kill us. Not to sit in our shit to be scared and be like, oh my God, when is the last time you know I'm going to live? How long am I going to live? When is the next white person going to come up and shoot us? Those are just things that you just have to think about when we're facing racism and mental health, you know. But just think about that. That's the message. Another one of Breaking Mental Health with Duro. Of course, I'm Duro. Uh, so, just did the message. Um, my journey, your journey. Here in a hot second or two. And then, going to wrap up this bad boy with Domestic Violence Part 7. 
and we're going to continue with uh, Bleeders Disorder Awareness Month. So let's go ahead and start my journey, your journey. So per the normal, the usual, um, I want to know everybody's experiences, what's going on with uh, Magic Mind, mental health, and racism. Uh, email me at breakingmentalhgmail.com. And let's get this conversation going. Uh, the message I just described one artist about how she's feeling about um, mental health and racism and how it's affecting her, how she's really feeling, the anger and all of that. So I just want to get everybody to do this uncomfortable conversation with me. Let's be bold about it. So email me. Now let's do this. All right. So co continuing with um, bleeding disorder awareness month for the month of March. Uh, last week um, I talked about uh, women's menstrual, uh, women's uh, periods to say the least. Um, I'm going to continue this trend here. Um, this is not going to be a very long one. Um, so I started putting like two and two together. And sometimes in certain cases that when it comes down to women's menstruation, it pretty much just depends on the state of mind that you're in when it comes to your menstruation. Um, your mental health plays a, plays a role in it. And a lot of other things also play a role in it. But uh, that's, uh, I'm just going to read off a couple of things here real quick. Um, they also call this, uh, amenorrhea. So the two classifications of amenorrhea is primary is when you haven't gotten off, when you've gotten the uh, period by the age of 15 or within five years of the first size of puberty. Uh, that can happen due to changes in organs, glands, or hormones related to menstruation. Secondary is when you've been getting regular periods, but you stop getting your period for at least three months or you stop your menses for six months when they were previously irregular. Uh, causes can include pre pregnancy, stress, and illness. So who's at risk for amenorrhea? Um, family history of it or early menopause. A genetic or chromosome condition that affects your menstrual cycle. Uh, obesity or being underweight. Uh, eating disorder, over-exercising, poor diet, stress, and chronic illness. So what causes am amenorrhea? Um, chromosomal or genetic problems with the ovaries of the female sex organs that hold the eggs. Uh, hormonal um, issues stemming from problems with the hypothalamus or the pituitary gland. I know I botched the words. Uh, structural problem with the reproductive organs, such as missing parts of the reproductive system. Uh, common causes of secondary is uh, pregnancy, uh, breastfeeding, menopause, uh, some birth control methods, uh, IUDs, and certain birth control pills. Uh, chemotherapy and radiation therapy for cancer, uh, previous uterine surgery with subsequent scarring. And other causes for second uh, secondaries is stress, poor nutrition, 
uh, weight changes, uh, extreme weight loss or obesity, uh, exercise associated with low weight and ongoing illness or chronic illness. Um, you also may have conditions that can cause secondaries is uh, primary ov ovarian insufficiency uh, when you experience menopause before the age of 40. Uh, hypothalamus disorders such as functional hypothalamic uh, amenorrhea, which is also called hypothalamic uh, amenorrhea. Uh, FHA is a condition where amenorrhea is associated with stress or weight loss, but it isn't clearly caused by an orga organic issue with a woman's body. Uh, pituitary uh, disorders uh, such as benign pituitary tumor or excessive production of prolactin. Uh, other hormonal problems such as polycystic ovary, oh, that was just straight botched, uh, syndrome, adrenal disorders, or hypothyroidism, uh, ovarian tumor, tumors, or surgery to remove uterus or ovaries. Um, Those are quite of the few ones that just reading here. Um, I have a link for it, uh, myclevelandclinic.org. I'm gonna have the uh, link in the description also. You can have access to it. But um, those type of um, problems that growing up and dealing with family histories of, um, of these type of problems are um, commonly the reasons of why most women women dealing with menstrual issues are pretty much problematic or they have these delays in having one or later they're getting one or they don't have them for quite some time which you really wouldn't say is a normal thing you could say it's a normal thing but it's really not a normal thing um, in that case, the only time that would really be normal if you're missing periods like that is you got pregnant. So that right there stands for um, some type of things that are happening that you've been taking or if your body's suffering through some kind of uh, health issue, not mental health, but health issues such as cancer. And you're getting treatments and stuff like that. Or you're just not exercising or you aren't doing enough exercise. And back in year one, I preached a lot about exercise, how important exercise is good, not only for your soul, but it's good for your health. So sometimes you just have to kind of take into consideration a lot of the things that exercise can do to help you. So if you don't try it, you don't know how it's going to be. But if you give it a shot, you can experience some things. So put aside the excuses. Get out there, start trying some of these things. Getting yourself into a good diet um, and exercise. Two of the main important things right there. Personally, for me, if that was my advice to other women. But, you know, I'm not good at it. I'm just giving out advice. It's not, you know, your best doctor advice, but it's something to at least help get started. So... Try to understand that having an open mind is the way to kind of escape your problems. It may be hard, but that's okay. 
you have to go somewhere. You have to start somewhere. So try it. It won't hurt. That won't hurt at all. That's Blue's Disorders Awareness Month. Levine domestic violence stabbing case. A suspect and his wife dead, her grandmother injured. This happened in Levine, Arizona. Also, I appreciate Arizona. I have some listeners out there too. Thank you so much for listening. You're also up next on um, in this final part of uh, stats for domestic violence. So out in Levine, Arizona, a man and a woman are dead in an apparent domestic violence stabbing case that escalated into a shooting involving officers in Levine. According to police, officers responded just before 6 p.m. on March 6 to domestic violence-related calls in the neighborhood near 43rd Avenue and Alta Vista Road. Once at the scene, officers found an injured elderly woman in front of a house. She was safely removed from the area by police. Another woman uh, identified as Monica Castro, uh, 40 years old, uh, was then seen near the doorway of the home with what appeared to be stab wounds. Uh, the woman's husband, identified as Anthony Castro, also 40 years old, was nearly behind her with a knife in hand. So witnesses tell Fox 10 that police gave the suspect multiple commands to drop the knives before they opened fire, killing him. The suspect continued to hide his body behind Monica while stabbing her with the knives. An officer discharge, discharged his firearm, fatally striking Anthony. Uh, stated police. The elderly woman who was injured is the suspect's grandmother. She was taken to a hospital and released after treatment. Police did not identify her by name. Uh, the suspect's wife was hospitalized in extremely critical condition and on March 7th police said she died at the hospital. Uh, the Castro's three children all ages between 9 and 14 were in the home but were not hurt. They reportedly went door to door asking neighbors for help before police arrived at the scene. No officers were hurt during the incident. The neighbor directly across the street from Monica and Anthony, a friend of Monica's, says the worst part about this is that three young children now grow up without any parents. It was just so awful. She was a good friend. I loved her and I loved her kids. And now she's gone. She can't deserve it. Why a man would do that to a girl's mom? Why? Why can you do that to a girl's mom for? Yeah. Yeah. Painful. Painful to say the least. You know, you ask those questions. You think about these questions. You sit here and you're baffled, and you're confused, and you're looking around, and you're like, what the fuck did I just witness? You know what I mean? These people are looking around, and they're not even thinking twice that these couples are having problems. That they think they're just good people. 
they could have been. No doubt about it. Oh, no doubt about it. But you had a husband that goes and shows his ways of being violent, putting his wife, his children, and the grandmother in that position. There are one, two, three, four, right there. The grandmother, the three kids, and the wife. Four total people that are innocent. Innocent. Why did this man have to put them through that? Now, the grandmother's still alive. That's thankful for that. But the unfortunate is that the wife is dead and the cops had to kill the husband, which to me, in my personal opinion, was justified killing because he was still trying to kill her while the cops were shooting at him. And he had been warned quite a few times. And now that she's dead, the children do not have a mother or a father because of the father that decided that he wanted to abuse his wife. Now, was he abusing the children? They didn't say. They didn't say anything about the grandmother either. But for them to be in the home to deal with that, that's still not good, regardless of how you want to look at it. That's not good at all. So, as we speak of Arizona, that was in Levine, Arizona, um, let's go ahead and do Arizona stats for domestic violence. Uh, 42.6% of Arizona women and 33.4% of Arizona men experience intimate partner physical violence, intimate partner sexual violence, and or intimate partner stalking. Before I continue, that looked like that's pretty much either tied the highest number or not the highest number that I've read from the states in this seven-part series. I could be wrong, but I'm going to leave it as that. It's still a high number, believe it or not. Uh, an estimated 304,000 Arizona women have experienced stalking by an intimate partner. A 2019 one-day snapshot found that Arizona domestic violence programs served 1,539 on that day. Uh, there were 96 domestic violence-related deaths in Arizona in 2019. That do not include... What I just read, that don't include it. This was all in 2019. Uh, in 2017, Arizona ranked seventh in the nation in femicides per capita. As of December 31st, 2019, Arizona has submitted three misdemeanor domestic violence records and no active protective orders records on, I mean, to the NICS index. Did you know one in three women and one in four men in the United States have experienced some form of physical violence by an intimate partner? On a typical day, local domestic violence hotlines receive approximately 19,159 calls, an average of approximately 13 calls every minute. In 2018, domestic violence accounted for 20% of all violent crime. Uh, abusers' access to firearms increased the risk of intimate partner femicide at least fivefold. When firearms have been used in the most severe uh, abuse incident, the risk increases 41-fold. 65% of all murder-suicides involved an intimate partner, but 96% of the victims 
of these crimes are female. And I believe that included, well, the time of this uh, writing, none of this included the one I just read in Levine. They do not include. This was updated in 2020. Uh, domestic violence running firearms in Arizona. Domestic violence and dating violence misdemeanors in Arizona are prohibited from possessing firearms while on probation. Judges are authorized, but not required to prohibit respondents to ex parte and final protective orders, including dating violence orders from having firearms. Respondents subject to final protective orders prohibiting firearms possessions are required to surrender their firearms. Law enforcement is authorized but not required to, to confiscate firearms when responding to domestic violence calls. Arizona can strengthen its laws to protect victims and survivors by prohibiting domestic violence, dating violence, and stalking misdemeanors from possessing firearms, unless they have their records expunged or pardoned or otherwise have their civil rights restored. Uh, prohibiting respondents to ex parte and final protective orders from possessing firearms and requiring persons prohibited due to domestic violence to relinquish any firearms in their possession. Uh, requiring background checks for all gun sales and transfers, and if requested by the survivor, requiring law enforcement to recover all firearms when responding to domestic violence incidents. Believe it or not, what I just read from that article, that did not end in gunshots. Only the husband got shot. The problem with this is, is that even if the cops did respond to this call, this man was killing his wife with knives, which is legal anywhere. Rather, if you're cutting up food for dinner, breakfast, or lunch, or snack, he still had access to something that would kill somebody, which is knives. As painful as that sounds, how frustrating that can really be, it do not include into the stats of gun violence. It do involve in violence, but not in gun violence. When is it going to stop? When is it going to stop? When are we going to actually sit down and reach out to our fellow loved ones that are involved in this? When are we going to stop domestic violence? Maybe never. Maybe never. But we got so much laws that are so crooked about the gun laws that it's going to be impossible to stop. It seems like that the more killings that happens, more killings happen. So they say, rather if you have a gun or not, people are still killing people. Yeah, but what is the, the biggest question? What is the number one death that has happened all over the world? Either by gunshot or being lynched. Now, I could have that wrong. 
I could have that wrong. But every time you read something, if somebody either being lynched or somebody's getting killed by gunshot. What I just read to y'all, domestic violence actually ended up being killed with a knife. But let's take away the one power that most people have. And that is guns. It's somehow, some way. The National Rifles Association is really going to have to step up. And the biggest question is, when will they step up? When will your government actually step up to help raise these awareness for gun uh, for guns that are killing innocent people? When is that going to become an awareness? Should I have to sit here and do a podcast on mental health, domestic violence, and how it affects your mental health? No, I should not. I should be doing a straight podcast on mental health because it is okay not to be okay. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing against the law about feeling that way. The only way that when you're not okay, it's okay when you're not okay, is when you're out there actually coming into crime. That's it. That is blowball it. But you better believe at some point, someone or somebody is going to change the whole perplexion of domestic violence. And hopefully, from there, we can get that ball rolling. We can get it going. So I just want everybody to understand that regardless to how many people are being killed through the gun violence, knife, or any type of violence, I just want everybody to understand that domestic violence is not the answer. We all know this. It's not good for your mental health either. It's just not good at all. So, in all of the Part 7 series, that I did on domestic violence. I have read up on domestic violence stats for um, state of New York, Indiana, Illinois, California, Washington, and Arizona. Um, What I've learned from all of this about domestic violence is that when it comes down to law enforcement and the government and gun violence and the gun laws, that somewhere is a loophole. Like I said, some states may have good... um, um, restraining good restraining orders and protective programs for those that are involved in domestic violence. But last week I shared a story about how a woman got shot by her uh, husband, and she was paralyzed. I believe it was I think it was from the uh, waist down, and that the protective order did help her 
but it didn't because the husband had 74 guns all but 73 were taken and one was not in the house so they let the husband take that one gun and that one gun was the reason she got shot days later do I feel in my personal opinion that all 74 of those guns should have been taken away yes it's part of the order it should have been part of that order I don't give a damn where that gun is if that gun was under the permit not the permit if the gun was not in legally that gun should have been taken away and in my personal opinion permit or not that should have been taken away that should have been taken away you want to use a gun for the sake of protection for anybody that's coming into your home that's getting ready to rob it or get ready to do some kind of cause of damage to your home. You know, none of this shit to be actually be, you know, taken away. It shouldn't be taken away for that reason alone. But people, when they don't know how to use the gun in a sense, and they want to use it on other people for no reason, this is why the laws come in. This is why the laws come in. And then we have to sit here. We have to look at this on the news. Grieve. And all of this shit is up in the air. Because nobody's really doing nothing about these laws. About the gun laws. Nobody. It's backwards. So I really hope that somebody actually do get into their heads. I hope that this podcast do get to somebody that will help change the perplexion of gun laws. Hopefully that domestic violence is the reason why these guns should not be in the hands of the wrong people. I really hope so. So as I close this out tonight, I just want everybody to think about this. Your life, your story, everybody deserves to live. Everybody. No matter how much somebody has done you wrong, no matter... That you're in a domestic violence relationship you deserve to live you shouldn't be in a domestic violence relationship but you deserve to live point blank period you deserve to live you know Alan Iverson says a million times he says the word practice a million times we're talking about practice why are we talking about practice because it's just practice Alan Iverson was going through a lot of things at that time, and they're talking about practice. This is, this is no different here from the gun laws. People are getting killed, and we're talking about the gun laws. Nobody's doing a damn thing about it. 
oh, I'm sorry that, you know, one of your family members got killed. Oh, I'm sorry that your wife got killed. But there's nothing I can do. My hands are tied. The same bullshit we hear. It's the same bullshit. But that's all I have. I appreciate everybody's time. I appreciate everybody listening to me. Um, join me next week. Um, I'm going to continue my normals. The message, uh, bleeders, uh, disorder, awareness, moth, my journey, your journey, all the good stuff. Um, I'm still going to be reading little articles pertaining to domestic violence and mental health and racism also. That's part of the message. Um, I'm going to be doing all that, so uh, join me. Join me on that. Um, if you haven't already, you can follow me on social media. Uh, I'm on Twitter at uh, Love University and Instagram at Love University. And, of course, you can email me, uh, breakingmiddleh at gmail.com. But until then, stay true to yourself. And always remember... When it comes to listening, you're one step closer to bringing awareness. Let's go.